Hey, so I don't know if you heard or not, but I moved to a new house. You did? Yeah. Well, I would assume you know that since we're here there. Now. Is that why I'm sitting in this house that I've never been in before? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It I is, thought you just uh, were renting out a new studio or something. Yeah, it's the new uh, It's the new studio. That's right. Yes, it is, in fact, the new studio. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess it is, yes. <laughs> well... We'll now have we'll now be recording some of our at least some of our episodes out of one new studio. Correct. Yes, but either way, whether it's an old studio or a new studio, it's still our show. That's our show. Did you know that uh, Rob Zombie made a film version of the Munsters? No, I did not know that. Yeah, I I like saw that the other day. I was really surprised to see that because I know he's done like real horror. horror yeah, movies, House like, of a Thousand Corpses. Sure, and so on. like R-rated stuff. But this Halloween is actually, remake. I mean, this is the Munsters. It's comedy. It's PG rated. I'm actually kind of curious to see if it's any good did this did this just come out i think it did yeah I, I think it's available like for rental or something now okay but uh yeah he he did that he uh <laughs> he took on i i guess it's not really uh it's sort of a derivative of the classic universal horror monsters which is the uh subject of today's episode that's right uh this month's episode so yeah, this is our first uh, our first Halloween of that's our show. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so we we thought we would uh, uh, kick it off with a monster battle royale with the uh, classic Universal horror monsters, a monster mash, as it were. Indeed, you can go ahead and look in the show notes, and you'll see our little uh, our grid. We're just going to do like a head to head tournament. Well, we should probably introduce our contestants. Uh, I suppose we or should. Competitors, this is, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. This is, again, you know, we're, we're going based off the, the, the classic universal horror monsters. Do you find yeah. them scary <laughs> at all? I don't really think the films are that scary. I mean, I know at the time they were certainly billed as scary. Yeah. At this point, like, I've watched them with my then six-year-old son. And Did he... he no, he pretty no. much said these aren't scary. Yeah, like okay. well, I, I I think they're more creepy than scary. I could kind of see that. Like they kind of rely a little bit on atmosphere and yeah eeriness. I think just what is considered scary over time has changed. There's a lot more like blood and gore and stuff like that on TV and movies now than there right. was when these were made back in, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s. And a lot of them were subject to the Hayes Code, so you sure. really were limited in what you could show. Right, and and I think it really does say something. And even early horror movies that are considered kind of scary, like uh, Psycho or uh, Alien even, are things that don't really show as much as they show now. True, yeah, they, they're a little bit um, picky or... <laughs> tasteful depending on how you look at it <laughs> as far as you know the the trope of nothing is scarier so right. to speak well it's it's the scariness of the unknown right yeah right. yeah so i think that's kind of what it is but i mean overall no i don't like i'm not watching these going they're not giving me nightmares or right. not like uh ah, there's no jump scares or anything no there isn't at all 
So to circle back to the monsters though, and I probably talked about this in our other podcast. Yeah. Uh, probably before I was seven or when I was younger than seven, when the monsters, the show came on television, I was pretty terrified of Herman Munster. Yeah. See, I mean, you never know what's going to scare kids, but I got over it. (laughs) (laughs) And then once I actually sat and watched the show, I was entertained by it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty funny show. And I guess so, that kind of took like a lot of the horror tropes because that had, you know, Herman Munster, who's kind of like a Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's, Frankenstein's creature or Frankenstein's monster or whatever you want to call him or Frankenstein. Um, are we going to get into that debate? <laughs> so I, here's, there's something that I read with this that makes total sense to me. When you call the creature, and he's not really a monster, at least not in the book, when you call him Frankenstein, that's like, you know, my son has my last name. Yeah. So technically, I mean, they didn't give the creature a first name, but he's still a Frankenstein, right? Yeah, I, I would give you that technicality. So, I mean, it could be, you know, Bob Frankenstein yeah. is, the, is the monster, the creature, whatever Cletus you Frankenstein. Yeah, Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> but so you got that as Herman Monster. His wife is like, is she a vampire? Uh, Lily? Lily? Yeah, she's a vampire, So I she's believe. a vampire. Their kid, Butch? Or is that the actor? That was the actor, the Butch actor. Patrick. But, uh... uh Eddie Monster? Eddie that Monster, was the character. Yes. He was like he a, was a werewolf, werewolf. Yeah. type of a character. And then Grandpa was also a vampire. Right. I think his actual name was Sam Dracula or something like Sam that. Sam Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't have, you know, no mummy that I can remember. Mm, I don't think so. But they kind of like, another thing that went along that trope was uh, Hotel Transylvania. I don't know if you've seen any of those movies. I'm vaguely familiar with the concept, but I haven't seen any of them. So that where they have the main character that's a vampire and he's got friends that are like, you know, a mummy and a wolf man and a Frankenstein style creatures. And there was, there's also, remember, don't know if you remember this movie in the eighties, the monster squad. I do kind of remember. Yeah. They had, you know, the band of villains that was kind of similar. Dracula was the head, the leader and, they had a Frankenstein's monster and a mummy mm-hmm. and a wolf man and gill man. Gill man. Oh yeah. I guess that would be the creature from the black lagoon. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I guess before we go on any further, we'll, we'll go through our, our grid here. Um, Indeed. I, I they, they were kind of like arbitrary in our ratings, but I guess I'll go from, from top to bottom, which would be flipping back and forth. We have the horror Creatures from Universal from starting in the 30s, I guess, and going up to the The 50s. 50s. Yeah, Yeah, these are right. These so basically from the advent of sound for the Universal horror movies up until the 3D era, actually. So coming in with a release date of February, what is this? 1931. February 14. It came out on Valentine's Day. Interesting. It's a very romantic picture. Yes, that that would be Dracula. Dracula. Starring Bella Lugosi. Blah. Which he never actually says. No, he does not. And then uh, our in our number two seed, we have Frankenstein. That was released on November 21st, 1931. So there's a uh, a Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, starring... Who's, who's the... Uh, Boris, uh, Boris Karloff, right? As the creature. As and the Colin creature. Clive as his creator, Henry Frankenstein. They went and changed the first names of the characters around a bit. Yes. His friend is Victor in that movie. And that's directed by James Whale. Yes. And then we have coming in in the number three seed. These are, I think, think more or less in release date order, but I'm not sure. But we Uh, have The Mummy. Kind of looking that almost. And we're not doing 
you know, there's not like an East and a West, whatever. We have The Mummy released on December 22nd, 1932. There's a, nice a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that is uh, also starring Boris, Boris Karloff as The Mummy. Imhotep. Imhotep. Also known as Ardeth Bay. And then we have The Invisible Man. And that was released on November 13, 1933. There's another... Uh, Almost Thanksgiving. Another, another Thanksgiving. Kind of midway, midway between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Although Thanksgiving used to be earlier. I think it was the third Thursday for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know about 1933, but so it would have been possibly closer to being a Thanksgiving movie. And that was starring Claude Rains. Claude Rains. Whose as, name will come up again later. Man himself. And it's interesting. I'm going through... Or I guess it mostly starred his voice. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm going through the uh, uh, booklet that came with a uh, a Blu-ray set here, and they have an interesting quote from Frankenstein's monster. An invisible man can rule the world. No one will see him come. No one will see him go. Right. I think I remember that line. Uh, Fire bad. He never said that (laughs) in the movie. No, he did not. He just kind of, you know, shrieked in fear and waved his hands at it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then next up, we have The Wolfman, released on December 12, 1941. Oh! Nice. <laughs> Almost another Christmas movie again. Claude Rains is also in that one. Yes, he plays the title character's father, but Lon Chaney Jr. plays the title character. Correct. Lon Chaney Jr. did a lot of these, too. I spent the last week rewatching these movies just yeah. to have them fresh in my head. Unfortunately, with my move, I did not get the chance to do that. I know I watched them all last uh, around last Halloween, so I'm reasonably familiar with all of them, at least. Coming up next, we have Phantom of the Opera. That's a uh, slightly newer one at August 27, 1943. Almost in time for Labor Day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That and one's that, in color, though. Yeah, that that is the... First one, possibly the only think, one that we have in color, right? I think it's, yeah. out of these, I think it's the only one that was in Technicolor, mm-hmm. yes. And that is, of course, Claude Rains once again. As He's, the titular character. As, as the Phantom himself, that also little, has uh, Nelson Eddy is in that one. That's right. Little known fact, um, Claude Rains. <laughs> yes, Cliff. <laughs> Claude Rains, actually, uh, was, when he was working in Hollywood, in his off time, he actually uh, worked a farmhouse that is not too far from here, where we huh. were recording, in Chester County, Pennsylvania. Cool. We should go see him. Oh, wait, he's dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> I think he's been dead for a while. Up next after Phantom, we have Creature from the Black Lagoon, which is March 5th, 1954. Uh, almost in time for St. Patrick's Day. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, because uh, a lot of leprechauns in the Amazon, you know. Yeah. I and have that, no, no, who is the, the creature in this? That was in 3D, by the way. Was it? Oh, yes. I don't think I have. No, I do have the 3D. The 3D is on the Blu-ray. I think I watched it? it in 3D. Okay. Because I think it had, I think I had two different versions of it. One with the red blue glasses and mm-hmm. one with like shades of gray glasses. Right, right. Something. I mean, it's the, it's in black and white and I just have your standard right. 3D home viewing stuff. Well, there actually were two actors who played the creature. Yeah, one, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing Richard Carlson listed. So I think Poster? he played the Gill Man when he was on land okay, or on the boat. But they had, and I forget the guy's name, he was an Olympic swimmer who played the creature when he was underwater. Riku Browning. That guy. Huh. So, yeah, they had two different actors playing that creature. Filling the webbed feet of the Gill Man on land was actor Ben Chapman. Mm. So Richard Carlson must have been a different role in that. Yeah. 
He was probably Chapman the would uh, sweat romantic lead. 14 hour days trapped inside the airtight molded sponge rubber costume. God, that sounds miserable. Mm hmm. All right, so from there, we kind of Although, to be honest, it's probably not much different from what Doug Jones now does as a stock and trade these days. This is true, and (laughs) he is very well known for all of that stuff. So beyond that, we had kind of one more slot to fill, because that's seven, you know, of the classic universal horror films. They're probably the best well-known villains or monsters, whatever you want to call them. So slightly, I don't know if you want to call it lower than that, because they're both... uh, actually good movies there's one uh, i have the release date for one of them which was april 22nd 1935 and that's the bride of frankenstein which <laughs> which is very much uh kind of as you were pointing out before we started recording it, it's almost like a two-part movie the bride of frankenstein really does connect to the original frankenstein movie very well it also connects to the original frankenstein story from right. mary shelley because it includes one big feature of it that was not put in the first movie was mm-hmm. the part, this, uh, the section of the story where he befriends the blind man. Okay. Yeah. And kind of yeah, yeah. learns from him. I mean, they just made it one. Well, there was a blind man in the story, but he had a family too, I think. And he just befriended the blind man by himself when he was alone. But mm-hmm. in this case, the blind man was a hermit. But at any rate, my point is that they took elements from the original Mary Shelley story to use in the sequel that hadn't made it into the that first weren't in the original. Yes. And I feel like the second film, my own opinion, if I may offer a slight critique, I feel like the no. second film, <laughs> shut up. I don't care about your opinion. No, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like the second film kind of develops the creature's character a little bit more. Yeah. The first one, he's very like mute and completely just kind of, they make him a monster really uh, right. more than anything else. But he's not like the, what you kind of stereotype in your mind is the slow lumbering. Yeah, certainly, He's certainly kind not of nasty book. and can swipe at you pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the reasons, you know, uh, uh, any fans we have of the backstage show, Jim, and my previous podcast is, would be aware that I directed a stage version of Frankenstein. And I actually went through a lot of different scripts trying to find one that was, that kind of honored the book well. And then, that was a big criteria for me. And the stuff that's missing from that first movie, but included in Bride of Frankenstein was all in the stage show. Same right. with Dracula too, because the, the more popular stage version of that is based on the movie, which leaves out a whole lot from the book. Yeah. It's, it's a very a different pretty distilled story. version. Yeah. I, I, me personally, when I watched the movie Dracula again, I found it, it was not my favorite. It was just kind it's of, kind of lacking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the original story. I mean, I've mm. read that book probably at least four times in my life. It's a great book. Um, but the movie version of it is just kind of, to me, a little just too distilled and watered down. Yeah, interestingly, I, I think I saw the movie before I ever read the book. I mean, I, and most people probably have in our you know, age range or generation, so to speak. And I know that Bela Lugosi's portrayal of the title character is mm-hmm. so iconic in its own way as far as how he looks, how he acts and all that kind of it's stuff. It's also very interesting when you look back at that movie and you see Bela Lugosi's portrayal and yeah, there's so much that's inspired by that. But at the same time, it's things like, you know, you see uh, somebody in a, a Dracula costume these days, they always have like fangs. There's no fangs in the original movie. No, he has no fangs. No. And you never and the whole see thing him biting like, I've come to suck your blood. Like he never says no. that even remotely anything no. like that. Yeah. He's you, a lot more sedate. 
you never see him actually biting anybody because mm-hmm. again they couldn't really show yeah, stuff. They'll like show that. him moving in menacingly yes. and then they cut away and exactly. cut away to you know, they'll move to a shot of the window and you'll hear the woman scream. Yeah, something of that effect. Yeah. Or it'll go to black. Right. Another interesting thing about particularly I guess I'm going a little bit off topic, but mm-hmm. about the earlier films in this list, specifically Dracula and Frankenstein, because yeah, they yeah. were released first, is the lack of score music mm-hmm. to set atmosphere. It's actually interesting. And there have been, I want to say, the Blu-ray version of Dracula that I have, or maybe I have a different version of it. There is one where there is a score that has been added in by uh, Philip Glass. Uh, Philip Glass, yes. yes. There's a Philip Glass score for Dracula, which really changes the feel of the movie. I don't think I've actually ever watched the movie with that score mm-hmm. behind yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's a totally different feel to it. Yeah, I mean, it It definitely uh, shows its roots as a stage play by the fact that yes. it has little to no you know, atmospheric soundtrack music. Well, when you're looking at it. like, you know, early thirties movies, these are coming, you know, these are early talkies. Exactly. Yeah. So they wouldn't have thought of anything like that. And a lot of times they'll have, you know, live music played along with the film at the theater. It was actually, I believe a conscious decision at that point, as far mm-hmm. as what they, once sound became part of the movie or the, the film that they thought that audiences were not going to be accepting of music that wasn't, in the scene, so to speak. Well, that's stupid. Well, it kind of seems <laughs> stupid to us now as far as what we come to expect as our sensibilities of it. I mean, think of I all guess the it's movies like either- since then that rely so heavily, especially in the horror genre, or rely yeah. so heavily on atmospheric, eerie, suspenseful music. Yes. All right, we've gone way off track because we have yeah, the, well, the, the one. We have one more film to go here, and I do not have the release date handy for this. But the sometime other one, in 1936. Okay. Uh, and that would be Dracula's Daughter, which was a direct sequel to Dracula. It was a continuation of the original movie, although it was yeah. it didn't take anything from the source material. No, it, it did not. It was an entirely story. original story. But uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, I think it's a it's a good film and it holds up. Wasn't my favorite, but I kind of like. I don't care what you think. Well, well, then maybe you should do your own <laughs> podcast, Mister okay. Reed. Um, that's my show. That's his show. Yeah. <laughs> It's all his show. <laughs> mine, mine, mine. I liked the element of the character being conflicted. Uh-huh. As in, you know, although interestingly enough, she claims she's Dracula's daughter, but she doesn't say who her mother is. So, well, Dracula had many brides. Yeah, but was she a vampire? Was she... One might assume that was the case, mm-hmm. but it's never really stated. So that kind of, in my own head, made me think, what if she's a dompier? Hmm. Which is a half human, half, half, half vampire, vampire hybrid. Mm-hmm. So she's Blade. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, and maybe that's what's driving her ambivalence about accepting the vampire part yeah. of her makeup and living that life or on life, as it were. See, I mean, it gives you a little bit more thought to it. Uh, yeah. I appreciated that part of it. I guess the rest of it was kind of a by the book. Yeah. Horror story, but anyway. Fair enough. All right. Well, that was all nine of the the pictures that are in our bracket. The first matchup we're going to do will be The Bride of Frankenstein versus Dracula's Daughter. Right. That's going to bring us down to eight. Yeah. And then the winner of that one will go up against Phantom of the Opera. And then the same bracket will have Frankenstein versus The Invisible Man. And then in the other bracket, we will have Dracula versus The Mummy. 
and then the Wolfman versus the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. And then we will take those to the eventual victor. And now these aren't like, we're not trying to discuss what's the better movie. Right. Or anything, what's the better portrayal of the character. We're just talking like as if these portrayals of these character were actual real monsters and we'll throw them into a ring and see who comes out on top. Yep. Sounds good. So just in case you kind of wanted to know what all the universal monsters are, this goes, they, there is a list on here that goes from 1925 up to 1956. Well, then they already missed one. What's that? Uh, 1923, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Was that a universal one It too? was. Well, okay. I Starring Lon Chaney. Okay. Well, this one starts with the, the silent version of the Phantom of the Opera in 1925. Also starring Lon Chaney. Yeah. And then we go to 1931, Dracula. Bland. And Dracula, the Spanish version. En español, por favor. <laughs> I, th- I was waiting for you to translate blood to Spanish. <laughs> uh, also in 1931, Frankenstein. Then 1932, The Mummy. 33, Invisible Man. 35, Bride of Frankenstein. 36, Dracula's Daughter. 39, Son of Frankenstein. 1940, The Mummy's Hand. Yeah, that was Vincent Price, I believe. Hmm. 1940, also The Invisible Man Returns. I don't and, think that was Vincent Price. I think it was somebody else. Uh, well, you wouldn't be able to tell they're invisible. Well, and yeah. then well, the, invisible, the Invisible Woman, 1941. That, that wasn't really a, co- a horror movie, though. It was more of a comedy, I believe. I don't think I've seen that. I know I haven't seen it. Uh, 1941, we have The Wolfman. 1942, oh! <laughs> 1942 The Ghost of Frankenstein. Yeah. I, I, Boo! Sorry. <laughs> Uh, the Mummy's Tomb, also in 1942, and Invisible Agent. Oh. I, <laughs> I think some of these are a stretch as <laughs> Maybe, far as I don't know. still being horror movies. Uh, 1943, Phantom of the Opera. That's the version that we're... The Claude Rains yeah. version, yes. Uh, and Son of Dracula, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. <laughs> That's when it starts to get a little goofy. Yeah, I, I... 1944. And this one, I think they've talked about remaking House of Frankenstein. That's like got everybody in it, right? Yeah, that's right. We're, we're into the era now where it's like the monster mash. They just... Yeah. And, and they recycled... They rearranged or... Uh, they kept recasting the, the roles like... Right, Bo right. Lugosi played like everybody. Mm-hmm. And, These are all in 44. The Mummy's Ghost, The Mummy's Curse, and The Invisible Man's Revenge. And then 45, we have House of Dracula, because the House of was popular. Yeah. And then we get super goofy, 1948, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yeah, all those. 51, Abbott and Costello meet the Invisible Man. 1954, Creature from the Black Lagoon. In 3D. In 3D, and that's black and white. And that is the most recent one that we watch, or that we're using, I guess. Yeah, that was kind Um, of the end of the era, so to speak. Right. Well, 1955, Abbott and Costello meet the mummy. (laughs) 1955 as well, Revenge of the Creature, and 1956, The Creature Walks Among Us. That's right. There are a few different creature from the Lack Lagoon movies, yeah. too. So that's the uh, the complete list. I, I guess you'd call it complete, and that's the, uh, the official Blu-ray version of the Universal Monsters, the Essential Collection. There are several different collections of these, and more complete than this, less complete, but... It's got eight of them. It's got everything that we're discussing, except for Dracula's daughter. 
Well, that was in Which the list. Ma- yeah, that was, I, I yeah. mean, yeah. I, I honestly don't remember. That may be one of the special features for Dracula, but I'm not sure. But Probably. we should just get into it with uh, Dracula's Daughter versus Bride of Frankenstein, right. our kind of preview round. Let's, let's get it on. Toss him into a ring and ding, ding. All right. So... Do we have just a clear winner here? I think we absolutely have a clear winner I think here. we do too. So uh, we'll, we'll say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Bride Dracula's of Frankenstein. Daughter. So why do you think Dracula's daughter over Bride of Frankenstein? Well. Convince me. Okay. Well, the Bride of Frankenstein, she, first off, she only appears in the last five minutes of the movie. True, but. She doesn't really get to do anything other than stumble around, scream, and hiss. Okay, but she's created from. What is she created from? I don't even remember now. She's what, kind of a hybrid. I mean, they adopted uh, Henry Frankenstein's usage of corpses right. and dead body parts, and they merged that with Dr. Pretorius's uh, homunculi technology or technique that he developed. Okay, but I know Except like... Bring it up to a larger scale. The original creature, Frankenstein's creature, or just, we'll just call him Frankenstein just for... Frankie. He's Frankie, is pretty damn brutal and tough. Yes, he is. I but what makes Dracula's daughter tougher than the, the, another creature created? Well, for one thing, again, like I said, we only see her for five minutes, and she's really incredibly disoriented and uh-huh. fearful of the Karloff creature when she meets him. But so is Frankenstein at first, until he gets more comfortable in his yeah, skins. So, <laughs> uh, it's a lot of conjecture, I think, as far okay. as how she would have developed and what her capabilities would be. She probably would be more, she would probably have superhuman powers, I would guess. Right. But I feel like Countess Zaleska, who is Dracula's daughter, mm-hmm. with her, you know, increased savviness, her hypnotic ring power and true. that kind of stuff. I just think she would own crazy hair lady. But... So she kind of hypnotizes people, and I remember that. And I guess it's it's also, it's a little more difficult for me because those are the two movies that it's been the longest since I've seen them. Okay. So I'm trying to remember Dracula's daughter's power other than the hypnosis thing with the ring. Like, does she even kill? Well, I guess there's She not kills really people, good. yeah. Okay. She presumably also has some level of strength because she manages to steal Dracula's corpse from the police That's uh, locked too, up yeah. in the beginning of the movie. But- would do you think that the bride of Frankenstein would be subject to the hypnosis that she does? Or it's, I think it's possible, okay. especially because she's just born, so to speak, and uh, not probably maybe not fully mentally developed. I mean, it was a grown brain that they said in the movie. Okay, it wasn't a what it wasn't not, a pre existing, you know, from taken from a corpse or anything like that. All right, I think you've convinced me. Have I convinced you? You have convinced me. All right. Yeah, that's right. I, I kind of thought that one would be a curb stomp. So in our preliminary round, we have Dracula's daughter defeating Bride of Frankenstein. So Dracula's daughter will move on in a later round to battle the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> so from here, we go back on to our primary battles. We'll do our left half of the grid First, okay. well, we got um, a really uh, hot one coming up here. We got Dracula versus the Mummy. This yeah. is like two powerhouse, yeah, uh, undead, both undead creatures, pretty much in different ways. But yeah, and they both of of all the uh, participants in the bracket, they have the 
most in the way of supernatural powers going for them. Yeah, Dracula himself has kind of a hypnosis thing going, but he always seems to hypnotize women more than men, doesn't he? Yeah, so his power, his hypnosis power, uh, is very subjective based on the person. There's one scene in the movie where he tries to hypnotize Van Helsing, but Van Helsing resists him. Right. And he has like, you know, between sunlight and he's got to sleep during the day, although sleep during the day, he's got to have his native soil with him. Right. Yeah. They never say they never say that he can be killed by sunlight in this movie. That's true. They do say it weakens him, right? Do they even say it weakens him? I don't even know that they say that. I think they just say he has to sleep during the day in his native soil. He doesn't really seem to have supernatural strength or at least he doesn't use it in the movie he doesn't use it very much except towards the end where he strangles renfield to death but even that's not that impressive. Uh, that's really isn't that impressive and pretty much you hold up a cross to him and he's fearful of that. right yeah but i mean why would the mummy have a cross on him he might have an onk would yeah. uh <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that would work yeah that's a you know, i wonder if dracula would look at it and think it's a cross because it's kind of well if he hides the top end where yeah. the, the loop is Boy, I would have thought going into this that Dracula would have it hands down, but I don't know. The mummy's pretty tough. So the mummy, he has, he certainly has kind of hypnotic powers and, Mm -hmm. or at least he has ability to control people. And what is of note is that he can actually do it from a distance. Right. Where Dracula kind of has to be right up and it's got, it's his eyes, right? It's. Seems like it's pretty much driven by his hypnotic stare, mm-hmm. whereas the mummy has the ability to cast spells on people from another room or place. And the he, mummy does have supernatural strength. He even uh, caused a guy to die of a heart attack. Right. I'm trying to remember, like, it's pretty classic. We know how Dracula gets defeated with the stake in the heart, right. but how do they defeat the mummy? So this is a little bit weird, but uh, the mummy was resurrected, so to speak, because right. of the discovery of the scroll. Uh, I forget the scroll of Toth or I, I forget mm-hmm. what it is exactly. And somebody reads from it and that's what reanimates the mummy Imhotep and brings him back. So his purchase on this life again is tied to that scroll. And right. one of the, th- one of the plot elements is the protagonist figuring out we have to burn this scroll, which the guy who dies of a heart attack, that's what he was trying to do at the time before the mummy stopped him. And isn't his whole reason once he returns, his whole motivation is love, right? He's trying to reanimate his lost love who was reincarnated through the female character, the major female right. character in Helen, I think her name is, in the movie. Whereas Dracula, at least in this rendition, is more, less particular, shall we say, about who he's Correct. trying to he's, get as his one of his wives. Yeah, I know other takes on Dracula have done a similar sort yeah. of reincarnation element with the female lead character. Yes, yeah. But this this movie did not do anything like that. He's just looking for victims. I don't know. Thinking blood. about this and looking at the strengths and weaknesses, I surprisingly might actually go for the mummy over Dracula. What's your thought? Well, I think strength-wise, they're pretty evenly matched or they're pretty similar as far as what their capabilities are. Mm-hmm. You, uh, we didn't touch on the mummy's strength. Yes, he did exhibit some of that where he killed the night watchman in the Egyptian museum right. who caught him trying to do the ritual earlier on in the movie. But that's really actually the only amount of show of force he does in his movie. Yeah. The rest of what he does is pretty much, you know, Mental. thoughts. Sure. But I feel like the weaknesses of Dracula are more than the weaknesses of the mummy. So one thing we did not touch upon, 
was the fact that Dracula can transform his form. That's true. He, he can, can turn into a, into a bat, bat, a wolf. A wolf. Yeah. And my thought is that might give him the edge. Yeah. So it's a speak. close match, though. It is. This is probably one of the closest matches, mm-hmm. I think, in this bracket. My thought on that is he can shapeshift and... You know, the mummy in his reincarnated form is basically just a stiff, wrinkly-looking guy. Sure, and if you're pitting him against, you know, a human, a humanoid, that's a very even match. But if you're pitting him against a wolf, I would think the wolf would tear him to shreds. Probably, and I think it also comes down to what is their weaknesses. I think it would be more difficult for the mummy to find Dracula and stake him than I think it would be for Dracula to find the scroll and destroy it. Yeah, but I mean, what if the mummy figures stuff out? What if he's got the knowledge because he's been around a long time yeah, as well? True. So if we're talking about ancient but Egyptian times, does he have knowledge of the vampires? vampire weaknesses or I vampires in general? Because then you've got, you know, the garlic, the steak in the heart, the, the cross, the wolfsbane. Yeah, they don't do the garlic. They do the wolfsbane. Uh, I think they did both. Did they? They had both. Uh, regardless... I don't know. This is kind of a tough one. Depends on exactly when vampires evolved and when knowledge of them mm-hmm. really spread and from where it spread, if they had them in ancient Egypt or not. That's yeah. never, we never know. We'll no, never know. No, we don't. I kind of, given the transfiguration abilities of Dracula, I kind of have to agree with you and give that to him. I think I'm going to give edge. it to him also yeah. for similar reasons. All right. So in our first matchup, we have Dracula defeating the mummy. But it's close. Very, very close. I think if the mummy were matched up against almost anybody else in this bracket, he'd own them. Yeah. Okay, from there we move to the uh, next matchup in our left-hand bracket, and that is the Wolfman versus the Creature from the Black Lagoon. This is a good one because both of these characters are have pretty violent strength capabilities. Yes, they definitely do. The... Now, I'm trying to remember, the creature from the Black Lagoon, is he a transfigured human or is he just, he's just a creature, right? He's just a creature. He's, I think they made some speculation at the beginning of the movie that he was some sort of a missing link between, you know, amphibious creatures and And more humanoids. Now, he's not a mutant. But he spends all of his time just grabbing people and pulling them into the water. He can't exist really outside the water for long, right? He does, um, he does have some scenes where he, he has several scenes where he actually climbs up on the boat okay. and attacks the main, the protagonist party on the boat. I guess to me, a lot of it comes down to how long can he survive outside of the water? He's, that's what I see as his major disadvantage. If we had this fight underwater, he'd own anybody. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's a brutal killer underwater. He could take you on. Nope. That's his home, home ice advantage, so to speak, or home mm-hmm. field advantage. On land, he's... Somewhat less impressive, although I will say that in some of those scenes he was kind of drugged. True. So he was probably not under his full power, but he kind of lumbered along and like... Still managed. He still managed because one guy just went up to try to attack him hand-to-hand combat and Mm -hmm. still couldn't stand a chance. Um, I think this kind of... He also had stealth his way because he was able to get in that boat so many times and nobody even noticed him (laughs) until he's standing like right next to you. That's (laughs) true. Well, I I think that kind of like the major weakness to me of the Wolfman is the fact that he's normally just a regular guy. Exactly. Yes. With that now, if we're talking about throwing these creatures into an arena, here's, I guess, a question for us how we're going to model this. Are we 
throwing everybody into the same arena and it's just like a big boxing ring or for <laughs> something like the creature from the black lagoon are we making half of this arena underwater i don't know that's good because if we're doing that then i feel like you gotta give the edge to the creature in that case i think you definitely would a couple of the other things i will say about the wolfman though yeah is even though he's human most of the time mm-hmm. silver is the only thing that can kill him and he has a pretty good healing factor whether he's human or not True, but he also has, he still has that human mind and he has like, he, he tries to prevent himself yeah, from doing a, any damage. He's a conflicted monster. He doesn't want to be a monster, but he has no control over, over what he does when he transforms. Whereas Gilman, Gil for short, <laughs> is who he is all the time. Yeah. I, th- this is kind of a toughie for me because I don't want to like just dismiss the Wolfman because he's pretty badass when he's in when wolf, he's a form. wolf form. Yeah, he is. But at the same time, He's not always in that form. This is very difficult because it's like, what are we pitting against each other? Are we we pitting, you know, is this something that is like, are we considering all of how they would be over the course of an entire month? Or is this just (laughs) we're throwing them into a ring at a random time? I I kind of feel like you have to give the edge to to Gil, as you called him, just because (laughs) he is this vicious monster all the time and he survived getting harpooned twice yes so they had to like shoot him to death to put him down unless you disagree i think the creature moves on i'll agree with that one okay so i guess uh maybe we'll take a little break and when we come back we'll uh continue with the right side of the bracket on the halloween episode all right So to recap, so far we have Dracula defeating the mummy, the creature from the Black Lagoon defeating the Wolfman, and in our preliminary round we had Dracula's daughter taking out the Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. And we're moving on with the right half of our bracket now, beginning with Frankenstein, a.k.a. the creature. The creature, not Henry. The creature from the feature. And the Invisible Man, who has a name, right? What, what the heck's his oh, name? Oh, God. Uh, I'm see if I can Jack, find I think, the... is his first name. Jack Griffin. Thank you. You're welcome. I got part of it, right? Yes. Okay, so Jack versus Frank. So this is an interesting matchup because the skill set is very different. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, you know, Frankenstein's got all these powers just because he's strong. He's exceptionally strong and he's not as slow and lumbering as many people yeah, imagine. Yeah, but him he's, to be. he's, I don't know, he's portrayed pretty slow and lumbering in the movie. He's not portrayed that quick. Well, and, and like he, he's got a couple of bursts of speed in there, yeah, but overall. He and he's a little, uh, I guess, not the most agile all the time. No. And I feel like the invisible man's strength is that he's nuts. Yeah, he's a total freakazoid nutcase and psycho killer. He's, he's good to uh <laughs> He's uh he's good at moving fast and misdirecting and yes. things like that. Not to mention I I think he has the, the highest kill count yeah? of all these huh. characters. Interesting. Yeah. Cuz he derailed a freaking train. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> He was all over the place in that yeah. movie. Like, but it's seriously. so strange. Like, but I mean, his only, other than being crazy, his only actual power is that you can't see him. And right. I feel, because otherwise he's just a regular guy. 
right? I mean, but I will say he's exceptionally good at holding off hypothermia because of all the time he actually spends naked in the movie, which yeah. is which is during set during the winter. I might add that this is true, but I don't feel like we're you know gonna give an advantage by making it super cold in our arena. No, so th- this is tough because the Invisible Man outwits a lot of people. With I all think of this, he would. But, I but feel like he would outwit the creature pretty easily. But I mean, okay, so we're talking about a limited area, a limited arena. So there's only so many places that the Invisible Man can go. He can't leave whatever arena we've got them in. So, so you're saying he'd eventually have to go for an attack. Exactly. You can't kind. defeat without attacking. And I right. and I feel like the Invisible Man's strength is mostly defense. Now, it's possible that, you know, sneak up behind him, hit him in the back of the head, and then hide for a while while Frankie lumbers about trying to find him. He did not. He did kill the cop, though, by crushing in his skull. Yeah. But didn't he crush in his skull with something? Yeah, he had like a piece of a stool or something. So I feel like this is a test of physical strength without weaponry. If that's the case, then you got a different story, I think. Yeah. And I mean, it could be close. It could be a matter of just pecking away slowly at Frankenstein until you've got enough damage done to him. I mean, that'd be a lot kind of, of damage talking video game logic, I guess you <laughs> slowly get down his hit points until yeah. he's defeated. <laughs> but I don't know. Would Frankenstein ever find the invisible man or would he just be swinging in the dark until he tires himself out? Good question. If the, if Jack Griffin managed to like, choke him from behind or something like that just go for it and yeah i mean strength wise frank's got it in a second i think frank could like just fall on his back and crush him probably and that even could happen in this hypothetical thing do yeah. we do we need to call in a tiebreaker i'm not so sure about that well, what's your vote going i'm kind of leaning more towards the creature under these circumstances see i don't know it's it's, it's tough, tough because I, I, I feel like they each have their own yeah advantages but if we're kind of constraining the arena in which they're fighting. Which I think we have to. Then... Then it's got to go to the creature. Because I, I just, think so. just... There's no way that the Invisible Man, that Jack, would be able to outlast him. No, I think the creature would out-endure him. Yeah. All right, so that round goes to Frankenstein. All right, Frankie. Now, in our final right-hand bracket battle, we have the Phantom of the Opera, who also has a name. Uh, in the movie we're talking about specifically, his name was Eric Claudin. Okay, so we have him against Dracula's daughter, who also has a name. Count Countess Zaleska. Yes. Is her actual name in the movie. Um, so what are the Phantom of the Opera's powers? He has none to speak of. He's got squat. He's just... In this, I, in this movie, he actually starts out as a violinist in yeah. the orchestra of the Paris Opera House who gets dismissed and then... After a series of unfortunate incidents, including getting burned in the face with acid, he just becomes a deranged lunatic killer. Yeah, but not even as deranged or as loony as the Invisible Man. No, but played by the same actor. Indeed. (laughs) No, and he also highly benefits from home court advantage, again, because he finds his way around the inner workings of the opera house. and That's basically his power. Uses that to his advantage incredibly. In fact, I think that booklet I was looking at earlier actually has a map set out of the opera house to okay. to aid in that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, to me, there's no question. I think that's uh, the dark horse Dracula's daughter's got to move on on this one. I, I mean, think so. There's just yeah. nothing 
She really presumably don't. can use her hypnotic powers on the guy and uh, feast on him. Yeah. If she were so inclined. So that moves on. Should we continue for the final round or should we take a break? Well, we got three rounds left. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, let's do, let's continue on. We'll go back to our left-hand bracket, which is left with Dracula versus the creature from the Black Lagoon. The semifinal. The semifinal. We got the final four here now. You've got, you've got Dracula with his ability to, to transfigure. Now, does he have, we know at least in the movie, he changes into a bat and a wolf. Yes. Are we going with the assumption that that's all he can do? He can't like change into an alligator or something that would (laughs) potentially. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. I let's limit it to what to actually happened on screen. Okay, so you got bat and wolf, and then you've got fishman. So <laughs> again, we're going with the presumption, at least in this case, that half the arena is water. Dracula can't cross running water. Well, no, they don't. They don't touch on they that, do they? Uh, he's in a boat. He's in a ship for a portion of the movie. Yeah. Um, they don't really get into. I don't think the they, running water. Or anything no, like that. They, I don't even think that's in the book. I think that's later vampire lore it that might they can't be. cross well, running I mean, water. But. He, can, he can be carried, he be, can be conveyed in a river and right. in open sea. So. But then, of course, Gil would just appear in that boat. <laughs> yeah, well, as, yeah, if, if uh, Gil got on the boat and found the coffin, if it happened to be daytime, then uh-huh. he could, uh, well, except I don't think he's necessarily smart enough to know to stake Dracula through the heart. Yeah, I... I, I feel like it's more of an animal versus a cunning creature in this case. Yeah, I think Dracula would be able to more easily figure out how to kill Gil than Gil would be able to kill Dracula. Agreed. So are we saying Dracula moves on? I think we have to in this case. Uh, That was surprisingly easy. Sorry, Gil. You're dead. So So then we can move on to the final battle in our right-hand bracket, the semifinal of Frankenstein... The creature from the creature. <laughs> the creature. The creature. Yeah. <laughs> Can move. Yeah. All right. Fine. <laughs> I messed up. Deal with it. You done messed up. The creature from the feature, Frankenstein versus Dracula's daughter. I've got nothing interesting or rhyming to say about her. Yeah. I thought you were kind of going for a Bruce Buffer thing. There. Yeah. Let's or Michael get Buffer. Ready I'm to sorry. rumble. <laughs> Okay, Frankenstein versus Dracula's daughter. Okay, well, the dark horse. So, again, we we're just talking about vampires, and uh, Zaleska's got the hypnotic power yeah. thing going on, but Frankie's got the superior strength. I, I kind but of he's wonder. Got, he's already hurting an intelligence. He is. Yeah, I think he would be easily swayable with that mm-hmm. hypnotic ring. But I he's agree. a heck of a lot stronger than Dracula's daughter, I think. I kind of wonder if her teeth can even get into his neck. Hmm. The bolt would be in the way. <laughs> is there, there? There's the bolts. Yeah, it's, it's I this think is bolt so. neck. Yeah, yeah, I believe this so. This is the bolt neck version. <laughs> That's where this came from, right? Yeah. Not in the not in the book. No. No, I mean the the book the book is quite a bit different than the movie. Yeah. Both Dracula and Frankenstein are like that. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know. It seems like Frankenstein could overpower her. I think so. Uh, Again, it kind of comes down again to not necessarily knowing how to kill her. Yeah. And and the fact that she is highly intelligent. Mm -hmm. But also ambivalent. A bit. About being a vampire. Although I think if her back were against the wall, exactly, she would totally you're putting her in, a, in an arena. So, what's your thought on this one? 
I don't know. One part, of, I, I kind of feel like if I pick one winner, then we're just going to basically have the same conversation again in the final. Potentially, yes, but I, I don't, you know, Dracula's daughter and Dracula are not the same. They're, we don't even really, as you said, know is Dracula's daughter even a vampire or a half a vampire or mm-hmm. what exactly is she? So we don't know that. Uh, but I don't know who, I mean, do you just feel that you, you seem to be leaning that Frankenstein is your winner here? I, I, I'm not sure of that. I feel like it would be more interesting if he were, but. Well, we're not talking about interesting. Exactly. Right now we're yeah. looking at Frankenstein versus Dracula's daughter. We're looking at that particular matchup and it doesn't matter what's coming next. Yep. You, you kind of have <laughs> mind versus might. Yeah. Brains over brawn. So who wins? She could also probably more likely figure out how to push his buttons with fire, I would guess. Not that she necessarily would know that, but yeah. she would probably be more likely to stumble upon that. I don't think he would know how to kill her. Just crush her might be enough. In this case, who knows? Well, we don't know no. because we don't really know enough about what her true powers are right, right. in that respect. <sighs> we. I almost feel like needing to flip a coin because I'm undecided. Well, we could call in a tiebreaker. We could. Should we do that? Maybe we should. Let's see if we can uh, get the Halloween witch on the line. Yes. We need to call in some reinforcements. We have uh, we have some ties in the Wiccan world. <laughs> Hopefully she's not bubbling a concoction. Brewing a concoction. Hopefully not. Any of those things. She might be just out shopping, though. <laughs> Picking up your uh, eye of newt. Yeah. Like you do. Wing of bat. <laughs> oh, hello, Halloween witch. How are you? Hello, hello. So, what uh, can I do for you? Well, we have a, uh, a, a our monster battle royale going here, and, and we're having trouble making a decision here heading into the finals. Uh, we have we have Frankenstein, uh, the creature, Frankie. Uh, versus Dracula's daughter. Uh, what's her name, Madam? Countess Zaleska. Countess Zaleska. And we're having some trouble. We we feel like this is a classic brains over brawn battle. What's your thought on this? <laughs> brains over brawn. Well, who do you think are the brains in this operation? Well, clearly that's Dracula's daughter. I yeah. mean, Frankenstein has a rotten brain. A criminal brain. Abby yes. someone. Normal. Abby normal. Abby normal. Well, did we discuss the pros and the cons? We did go through, yes, and we feel that Dracula's daughter could certainly outwit Frankenstein, but at the same time, would she know entirely or be able to defeat him? Whereas if Dracula's daughter is indeed a vampire and we're not sure, would Frankenstein be able to figure out how to defeat her? (laughs) Oh, it's a tough one indeed. Yes, it is. What's your thought? I would have to go with Frankenstein. All right. He's Fair enough. strong. He's got brawn. This is true. All right. Well, thank you very much for your input. You're very welcome. Have, <laughs> have a pleasant day. <laughs> have an unpleasant day. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your Halloween. Oh, and you too. <laughs> Okay, so there we go. Frankenstein well, there you have will it. move on. Can't argue with that. 
and that will. I don't uh, want to argue with her. She's going to turn me into a frog if I do. Certainly. <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, come back and do our final battle, which is the somewhat possibly predictable Dracula versus Frankenstein. Yep. And now, the final battle in our monster battle royale. We have in this corner, the vampire from the Transylvanian Empire, who'll make you nervously perspire, Dracula! And in this corner, the creature from the feature, if you want to be afraid, he'll teach ya, Frankenstein! Okay. So, here we go. It's a classic battle. We kind of felt like it might turn out this way. It happens to be the two that I also directed on stage. Probably we the have, two best known of the bunch. Probably, yeah. We have Dracula and Frankenstein. I think strength-wise, Frankenstein probably overpowers Dracula. I think Dracula, as we mentioned in the Frankenstein versus Dracula's daughter, he's got the brains of the operation. And also the transformation abilities. Yes, transformation abilities, which Frankenstein doesn't have. I think, particularly in bat form, Dracula's going to outspeed Frankenstein. I honestly want this to be this really interesting, difficult-to-determine battle, but I don't know that it is. Well, Frankie could probably swat a bat off pretty easily. I suppose so, but I mean... The wolf might be a little more difficult. The wolf might be more difficult, and I still feel that... I mean, you keep trying to convince me that Frankenstein's not the slow, lumbering creature, but I think he's slower than a bat yeah he's slower than a bat he would probably yeah. try and swat at it and i just keep thinking of the butterfly yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. he'd be more likely to just grab at it <laughs> glenn's demonstrating yes i'm demonstrating grabbing. grabbing at the butterfly was there actually a butterfly in the movie or was that just this direction I, don't, I forget i don't remember there being a butterfly in the movie i don't think there was i think he was directed to be like Go like you're trying to grasp at a butterfly. that i can kind of believe and that's before that the the little girl that he maybe kills, but they don't really show it. Well, okay, so the version I just watched actually mm-hmm. did put that scene back in. Oh, okay. He threw her into the water. Ah, see, that but scene was removed it in the, was, the theatrical but that, release. That kind of implied it might have been even worse. <laughs> I suppose so, yeah, it kind of did. Anyway, let's not go there. But yeah. You did <laughs> um, mention before, of course, the better parody movie uh, goes to Frankenstein, or the better Mel Brooks movie, anyway. <laughs> That is definitely uh, Young Frankenstein, far superior to Dracula Dead and Loving It. Yeah. <laughs> Although <laughs> no. Dracula Dead and Loving It kind of has its moments, but definitely not one of Mel Brooks's finer films. No, no. Anyway, not what we're looking at. We're looking <laughs> at what's portrayed in the movies. I personally feel I got to give this one to Dracula. That kind of seems like the no-brainer, although I, I would I'd pull for Frankie as the underdog. I think I would be rooting for him as well, but... I don't think he'd be able to pull it out. Yeah, I think it would be... It would, he'd probably put up a valiant fight, but yeah, I think yeah. ultimately, yeah, Drac would probably get him. So with a somewhat dull denouement after this whole battle, we feel that Dracula defeats Frankenstein as the winner of the Halloween Special 1 Monster Battle Royale, Dracula. Blah. Dead and loving it. <laughs> and <laughs> loving it. Yes. So that's pretty much all we have for this episode, sort of. As you have probably, maybe, possibly, perhaps, if you've bothered to listen, noticed in our previous episodes, we do have 
what we've been referring to as bonus content, but this will probably be a pretty significant chunk of the episode, so you may notice that there's a quite a bit more time left, even though we're getting ready to wrap up. So do stay tuned for yes. that exciting bonus content where we have Ooh. another battle bracket. Ooh, Is it going to be scary? Be? Uh, probably not, no. Oh. But it will be Halloween-themed, so we do thank you for listening, and please tell your friends about us. Give us a rating on iTunes or uh, Yelp. I don't know. Do they, do they rate podcasts on Yelp? Not that I've seen, but it's entirely possible. Rate us there anyway. Yes, and uh, visit our website, show.backstage.link. Send us feedback on that website, show at backstage.link. I don't know if you can do it on the website. I don't think I actually have a contact form. That's just email. Okay, then. Yeah, but email. instead of emailing, you could also call us, give us a voice message or a text message at 7856 I know what you're going for there but all I can think is cookie and with that uh, is that it? that's our show <laughs> <laughs> Save it it for the podcast. Fine. Are you recording? Yes. Oh, okay. Then we should talk. Like we've been doing. (laughs) Yeah. So welcome to our, uh, quote, bonus content, unquote, or just a continuation or whatever the heck you want to call it. We don't care. This is our format. Deal with it. Bonus for me, because I get to eat. Yes, yes, you do. So we did our uh, monster battle royale with the classic Universal Monsters in the main part of the show. And now in our bonus content, we're going to do our monster battle royale with the classic General Mills cereal monsters. Monster cereals. Yes. So uh, we have... Our uh, left bracket, I guess we'll call it, as we did in the uh, main show. We have Count Chocula versus Frankenberry. And in our other right-hand bracket, we have Booberry versus the winner of the preliminary battle, Fruit Brute versus Fruity Yummy Mummy. And unfortunately this year, uh, Fruity Yummy Mummy is not available, so Fruit Brute wins our first round. By default. To By go forfeit. against... Blueberry fruit, brute, typing it in now. Okay. And this will be interesting because I've never had fruit brute. Yeah, I, I have only this year. A few years ago, they brought back, I think, both fruit brute and fruity yummy mummy. Yeah, fruit brute was a little before my time in its first I, availability. Before mine as well, I think. No, it came out like the 70s, I think. Really? Mid-70s. Oh, yeah. I guess technically then not ahead of my time, but I do not remember fruit brute or fruity yummy mummy until they brought it back. I don't remember how long it lasted originally. But damn it, I remember Quisp, and I still love it. <laughs> Quisp is a great cereal. Anyway. What monster is that? Uh, it's an alien. Okay. <laughs> so we have our uh, uh, Count Chocula pre-poured. We have our milk ready. Uh, so let's uh, let's add our milk. Oh, yours made a good sound. Count Chocula used to be available uh, year-round for a while. So did uh, Frankenberry. Yeah. Uh, or I thought it was Blueberry. It was a Frankenberry? I mean, they all used to be available year-round, I yeah, think. Yeah, but I think Count Chocolate and Frankenberry were the most available yeah. for the longest. So we have little uh, 
what what appear to be ghost shapes with, are the uh, with bat shaped marshmallows or are they just bat shaped marshmallows and what look like pac-man ghosts yeah all pretty in much brown. they redesigned the boxes this year they had cause designed them so all the characters have x's for eyes now i'm not a fan of the aesthetic it's chocolatey cereal not chocolate chocolatey cereal with monster marshmallows Ooh, but they're bats marshmallow shapes and colors may vary no, one of them's they're different shapes. Yeah, that's true. Some There's like a ghost like bats, shape and a bat like shape and amorphous blobs. Yeah, amorphous blob shape. The blob. The well, blob. these are all those are all that's a later era of Yes, films. and not universal. All right, let's give this a taste. All right. Chocolatey. It's definitely chocolatey. I wonder why they can't call it chocolate. Plenty of sugar. There's cocoa. I guess there's not enough cocoa. Or does it have to have something besides that? What kind of cocoa? Powder. <laughs> cocoa processed with alkali. I mean, it's just co- what do you mean what kind of cocoa? <laughs> it's just cocoa. That's a thing. This is great. A no- nothing that people enjoy more than the sound of crunching in their ears. Mm-hmm. Other people eating. That's great. Great audio, isn't it? <laughs> now, as it sits, the cereal gets soggy. But the marshmallows, like the cereal gets worse, but the marshmallows get better. Yeah, I could kind of see that. Which funny. Marshmallows being like kind of hard and chalky aren't quite as good that way. Yeah. I poured like a little bit into our bowls thinking, oh, that'll be plenty. And it's a lot. It seems like a lot more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, but with this cereal, I find that if I were to eat it at home, I need like to eat two bowls of it. It's not very filling. Mm -mm. It's all sugar. Mm -hmm. I have always liked Count Chocula, so... I guess I wasn't clear. We're 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 this time we're going on which is the better cereal, not would Count would Dracula defeat Frankenberry in a battle. They're friends anyway. They get along. Mm-hmm. No sense of inventing a fight for them. So, to me, my favorite part of Count Dracula is the the milk. Chocolate I feel milk. like it makes the best chocolate milk. I actually tweeted last year or two years ago at General Mills. I added them saying they really need to make a Count Chocula chocolate milk. And they, <laughs> they said something about passing it on to their development team. So I don't know. Maybe if, it, if in a few years you see Count Chocula branded chocolate milk, you can thank me. Or blame him. I guess either way. <laughs> Depending on how wound up your kids get from drinking it. Did I have more of this in you or did you just scarf it down? Uh, I guess I ate kind of quickly. Plus you were talking for a while. Mm-hmm. I was just listening and eating. Okay. Yeah, that's a tasty one. I... I'm probably thinking that's going to end up being my favorite, but we'll see what happens. Well, I'm going to drink the milk first. All right. Well, that's the other advantage of letting it sit for a bit. You need to have that chocolatey flavor permeate the milk. Yes. So I, I, I go with oat milk these days, but this is not my usual oat milk, and I'm definitely noticing a difference. It's not as sweet. Not necessarily a bad thing, because Count Chocula is pretty sweet on its own. <laughs> yeah. Kind of balances out a little bit, maybe. All right. So that's Count Chocula. Chocolatey. And it is chocolatey. It's not like the most chocolatey chocolate cereal. Right, right. It's I think like sweeter. A, it's on par maybe with like a, 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 a Cocoa Puffs. General Mills probably uses the same chocolatey flavor on all of those cereals. But it's less chocolatey than like a Cocoa Pebbles. That, I think that's post. Yeah, it was at least. I don't know who's bought yeah. whom in the recent history. but So I believe you have the Frankenberry over there, sir. I do have the Frankenberry. 
So Count Chocula is clearly supposed to be some sort of bucktoothed vampire. Yes. If he's if he's playing to bite anybody with that those, then uh, yeah, they're not. They don't look very sharp either. They they don't. But if he just eats chocolate, then they're more than adequate. Oh, and this year they all have that like, or at least Count Chocula has that like bone thing through his head. Huh? It's got like a bone. Oh, cross okay. bones through his head. That's, That's like causes character. I. Yeah. All right, it's got that Frankenberry poured. I'm working on it. So I know it's not in the universal horror monster oeuvre, so to speak, but mm-hmm. one of my favorite, especially, well, it's actually older than any of the movies we talked about, is uh, Nosferatu. Yeah, I, I do enjoy Nosferatu as well. There was that uh, local theater in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. Colonial uh, Theater, home yes, of the Blob Fest. Which is, yes, home of the Blob Fest, and they did film the Blob, uh, parts of it, in Phoenixville and the surrounding area. Uh, but in addition to the Blob Fest, at least a couple of times they they uh, showed Nosferatu there with a live orchestra, which was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Devil, band. Devil Music Ensemble yeah. uh, has their own original score that they put together for Nosferatu. So and I'm smelling the Frankenberry, getting the bouquet. And they played along to it. Mm-hmm. Very cool. But yeah, I just... It's a very artificial berry. I always thought it was... Is Frankenberry supposed to be strawberry specifically? I think so. I'm getting a little bit of milk in here. I always thought it was, but now I'm wondering. It's not schnozberry. Let me see. <laughs> it's pink. Yeah, it is. Artificially strawberry-flavored sweetened cereal with monster marshmallows. Pink is supposed to be strawberry, right? In the world of artificial flavoring and coloring? Not necessarily. We'll see once we get to fruit brood. Okay, All right. I, I'm not even sure what flavor fruit brood is supposed to be. Fruit. F-R-U-T-E. Fruit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I grow those sometimes in the garden. <laughs> Why wasn't I thinking of that? It smells a lot grosser. When you put the milk in it, it does something to the smell. <laughs> it smells a little bit like rotten cheese. I don't, I don't. It smells like red dye number three. Mm. All right, let's give this a taste. Yeah, there, it's that classic artificial Ooh. flavoring, odoring, whatever you want to call it. All right, so full disclosure, I don't really like strawberry. I like fresh strawberries. The only way I like strawberry is like in ice cream for some reason. I will eat fresh strawberries. And what are these? So these there's like actual the same cereal pieces as Count Chocula. And yeah, the, the marshmallows, marshmallows look, are well. They're different colored. They're lighter. They're not brown-ish or tannish or whatever you want to call it. They're no. There is of course no actual strawberry in here. Where there is actual cocoa in the uh, some of Count them are Chocula. Purplish. It's red forty, by the way. Some are white. Oh, red number forty. Okay. And the flavoring is probably the malic acid and citric acid. Yeah, of course it is. All right, here we go. To me, this mostly tastes like sweet cardboard. Yeah, I was kind of thinking along the same lines. Like, it's not horrible. It's just, yeah, it's... There's just not much flavor to it. I guess I mean the fact that I don't the fact that I don't like strawberry really doesn't make much of a difference (laughs) because it doesn't really taste like strawberry. Yeah, there's no real fruit has come within miles of that box. (laughs) So I guess we're in agreement already that Count Chocula moves on. Most definitely. Okay, that is the winner of our first round. That wasn't even close. No, Count Chocula. Now, is he any relation to Scott Bakula? Good question. 
Wait, I guess Bacula and Dracula aren't the same. Count Bacula. Count Cracula. <laughs> Is this actually long enough? Should we take a break? <laughs> Throw in another commercial? Yeah, we're up to a minute 14 now, so. A minute 14? minutes, yeah. All right. Well, then we'll be, uh, for the first time ever, we're taking a break in our uh, bonus material. We'll be right back. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry-flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. The milk is actually better than I would have expected. I was about to say that. I thought the milk is better than the cereal. And it all—it has a little more flavor. The flavor just all goes right into the milk, I guess. I guess, yeah. I mean, I still prefer I, the, the Count Trocula chocolate milk, but it's not bad. The, I mean, the, this is no strawberry quick or anything like that. But no. It's, it's okay. It's, yeah, I, it, I, think, I think the flavoring in this case perhaps works better without the context of the texture of the cereal. Yeah, it's a little too cardboardy, I think, for that flavoring. It's not flavorful enough. So we're still in agreement here. Count Dracula moves on. Yes. It's kind of weird, though, how it's basically the same cereal, but with different flavoring, it gives it a different... It affects the texture somehow. It kind of does, yeah. Or maybe it's just been open longer. Well, that might be it. Okay, uh, moving on to our right hand of the bracket now. We have Booberry, and this is a nice fresh box. The others had... Been opened by my son. <laughs> Throwing the results. <laughs> I don't think they were... Although we were complaining that the Frankenberry tasted a little cardboardy, maybe. That one might have been the longest open. <laughs> oh. All right. Nice fresh bag tearing into here. Booberry. This Booberry. always... I used to call Booberry my favorite. Let's get a little Booberry in here. Now, Booberry was one that I remembered it being out when I was a little kid, but then it got discontinued for a while. Yeah. Then it came back. Well, and then, I guess all of them became seasonal, but they brought Booberry back when they did that. Right. And it, and it seems that like Booberry, Frankenberry, and Count Trocula were the, the main three, at least. Yeah, but when Fruity Yummy Mummy was out, mm-hmm. they didn't even have Booberry at that time. No? No. I thought it was both that year. I, I thought so. they had every one of them out the one year. Well, I mean, when Fruity Mummy Yummy was originally out, like in the late 80s, oh, okay. Booberry was not in production at that point. Wait, Fru- Fruity Yummy Mummy came out in the late 80s? Yeah. Huh. I didn't realize that. I thought they were all uh, around the same time. No. All right. So this one smells better. That's good. <laughs> I see the box. Oh, I have the box right here. Its name is Paul Revere. I just like looking at the uh, ingredients, see if there's any actual blueberry in this one. <laughs> <laughs> or what dye they use. It's a nice dark blue. It actually is, like, blueberries aren't really blue. They're almost, like, purplish-violet, and, and I feel like they capture the color of blueberries, at least. For the cereal pieces, yes, but the marshmallow colors are all over okay, the place. But here. here's the interesting thing. This is just artificially berry-flavored cereal. Okay. So it's not technically blueberry, even. Really? And it's the same malic acid and citric acid. Okay, but it I, I tastes dare, entirely different. Even the colors are the same. The red 40 is in this. All right, let me see. Let's let's check the well, taste here. What blue number is in this? Same as the uh, 
Frankenberry. Uh, might just be different proportions, I guess. But there's like blue and pink and white marshmallows in here and purple. This is this the is most, good. These almost are like reject Lucky Charms. I like this one. It's way better than the Frankenberry. All right, hang on a second. I'm getting these doused in the milk here. All right, here we go. It actually has some flavor to it. It's sweeter. But it doesn't just taste like sweet. No. Yeah, it has a little bit of what suggests to me a real fruity flavor to it. It's subtle, but it's there. The Frankenberry tasted like sweet cardboard. This does not. But, as you just pointed out, you just opened this box. It is the freshest, yeah. Oh, it's fresh, all right. Oh, crap. We're going to have to go back and retaste the others for the final round yet. <laughs> it's a lot of cereal. Sorry, right. I didn't eat lunch. I did. I had a late breakfast. The milk turns, like, gray. It's like a bluish gray. Yeah, it kind of does, doesn't it? The milk's not great. I'm very, cur- I'm very curious about the ingredient difference. If there even is one. So let's compare Frankenberry and Blueberry. Whole grain corn, corn meal, sugar, corn syrup, dextrose, canola and or sunflower oil, modified corn starch, salt, gelatin, trisodium phosphate. So Frankenberry then has natural and artificial flavor. And then they they both have red 40, blue 1 and 2. And then Blueberry has natural and artificial flavor after the colors. And then they both have malic acid and citric acid. So the only difference is where natural and artificial flavor appear in the ingredient list. Okay, so... (laughs) Frankenberry apparently has more flavor, whereas Booberry has more color. Interesting. But Booberry tastes like it has more flavor than It really does. That is interesting. Okay, but they're not up against each other. Booberry is up against Fruit Brute. Yes, which I've never had before. And I will pass that over to you first. And I guess he's supposed to be a werewolf. Yes. Booberry, of course, is a ghost, hence Boo. Yes. And I think I forgot. I think I put googly eyes on the uh, box. Oh, you added these? <laughs> I added the, go- the googly eyes did not come with it. No. <laughs> I think I was trying to amuse my son. We had a I, Why we had a set of googly eyes lying around, I do not know. Yeah, it's a common household item. Indeed. Yeah. At least on the back of the box, Fruit Brute looks like a cat. Oh my God, this is like magenta. So this is artificially cherry-flavored sweetened cereal with monster marshmallows. It is very, very bright, pinkish-red. Yeah, this looks healthy. Oh, no. I'm out of milk. Do you have enough? No, I need to get more. I'll be back. Okay. So Jim's running to get more milk. I will pour mine on here. Very, very, very bright red. Let's see if this has much of a smell. It does have a very strong smell, almost like a maraschino cherry kind of thing. There are certainly no cherries I've seen in this color other than maraschino. The smell is very sweet. Very, very sweet. More sweet than the smells of the other ones. Give it a little taste here. I want to make sure I get cereal and marshmallows on there. Hmm. This one tastes like it might be the sweetest. Jim's back with the milk. Well, I've got, I've got the milk. I think it's better than Frankenberry. I was saying at least the smell is more maraschino cherry than like, you know, fresh Ugh. Bing cherry. Ugh. 
That's not boding well. I am not a fan of maraschino cherries. The taste it, it seems sweeter than the other ones to me. All right, so we got well, toxic waste red. No. <laughs> they added yellow to it. That's the secret. Okay. We got yellow or an orange mar- marshmallows in here. And I think I know why it tastes sweeter. Yes. Sugar, corn syrup, which the others have, and dextrose, which okay. the others do not. I wonder why they chose to add it to this and not the others. I don't know. Purely flavoring, I imagine. I guess. And no it's it's kinda like it's kinda like they just took the citric acid out of the other out of the berry flavored ones. These these marshmallows to me just all look like defective Lucky Charms marshmallows. <laughs> I don't know. I can't recognize any particular shape. That they kind of do, yeah. Guess I, I don't mind imagination. This. Sorry, I'm letting mine get a little milky before I start eating it. All right, here we go. I don't mind this, but it doesn't have the complexity and depth of flavor that blueberry does. Yeah, I get the kind of the cherry nature of it. But I don't know that it does a whole lot for me. I think based solely on the fact that they misspelled fruit, we have to put blueberry forward. Misspelled brute or fruit? Fruit. That's intentional. You think? Yeah. <laughs> really? They changed I thought it was it, an though. accident. It, it, it was originally spelled correctly when it first yes. came out. And they tried to be cute, which also is spelled in a way to match fruit and brute. Fruit, brute, cute? Fruit, fruit. <laughs> fruit, brute, cute? Yeah, there you go. That's hard to say, especially with a mouthful of fruit brute. Yeah, it's hard to say without spitting on the microphone. So we're in agreement. Booberry moves on. Well, I didn't try the milk yet. Okay. I'll hold off then. I just wrote boo for now. Well, are we going to have a third place bowl? A what place? Between third place between Frankenberry and whatever loses here. No, we don't need that much. All right. <laughs> See how it tastes if you mix them all together? <laughs> Will it be able to discern them? All right, let me check the fruit brood milk. Like you do with the wine. That's awful. <laughs> that tastes like you soaked maraschino cherries in milk. Kind of macerated them and then took them out. It's bad. Now, granted, I am using oat milk, so that probably changes the flavor somewhat, but I think that's actively bad. Okay, well, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it's just, it doesn't, to me, doesn't really feel like it has any character. No. Yeah, it's underwhelming. All right, Booberry moves on. Booberry moves on. CC versus BB. Do we have to re-eat them? Do we? I don't know. I mean... Are you, are you ready to make a claim without? I probably could. I think I probably know what I'm going to guess. I don't know, to be honest with you, because those have always been my two favorite. Agreed. But I kind of have gone back and forth. Well, what's your thought before we dive into anything? I'm probably going to go for Count Chocula just because I'm yeah. preferring the chocolatey flavor. I, so That's the box I'd always save for last. Here's the thing. I kind of agree with you. And like I said, I think it makes fantastic chocolate milk. <laughs> However, Booberry is somewhat unique. There's not a lot of berry-flavored cereal, like generic berry, non-strawberry-flavored cereals mm-hmm. out there. There's like a couple of blueberry ones I've seen. I've seen blueberry frosted mini-wheats. I've seen blueberry Cheerios. But it's different. But yeah, I can agree with you. I mean, hey, blueberry is a good alternative, I yes. think. But I would definitely pick the, those as my top two. But but I think our winner overall is Count Chocula. Count Chocula! Wait, did we actually... 
No, it, it, did we name Dracula the winner of... We I did. forget who won. Yes, Dracula, Dracula won the first won one. Everything. And Count Dracula won this one. Yes. We're biased towards dashing vampires in formal wear. So I have a little bit of milk left. <laughs> so with that... I have some milk left, too. I'm going to go a little bit of booberry. Oh, boy, a cocktail. Yep. And a little bit of Count Dracula. All right. I'm going to just have our first and second place combined. <laughs> All right, I'll join you. There's your booberry. There's not much of the Count Chocula left. And then after this, we'll go take a nap. <laughs> and nice, nice sugar still, coma. And if you're, <laughs> if you're still listening to two boobs eating cereal. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing more entertaining than the audio of two guys eating cereal. <laughs> God bless you if you're still listening. This is really going to give us more listeners, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Oh, uh, you just killed off your Count Chocula. That's fine. I killed him off. That's fine. I I got, I, we got another box downstairs. I needed the end of the box. Okay. Boo Chocula. <laughs> Count Berry. Count Berry. I did not have much milk left here. I'm going to probably have to use the rest of this to cover for the extra amount of cereal that I put in here. Um, can I can I top off here a little bit with yours? Yeah, a little a little bit of milk won't kill me. Whoops. So what kills Count Chocula? An actual like uh, like a steak through the heart, like like a <laughs> like a like a New York strip ribeye. <laughs> All right. Can't kill Boober. He's already dead. True. <laughs> we have any ghosts in the horror film Battle Royale? No, we did not. All right, here we go. Try like I'm trying to tell if I've got like a decent mix of them both on here. But yeah, let's I'm see. trying to. Get them blended. Hmm. So, if we were pitting these two against each other as to which is the stronger flavor, I think Booberry wins. And that might just be because it's a fresher box. I'm not sure. I think it depends on the bite. Well, I'm trying to get an even amount in a bite. It's kind of a little tricky to do without a blender. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. That one was a little more balanced. That's actually not a bad combo. I would try that again. You got all the boxes. I do. That's right. I haven't been wearing my monitors. <laughs> wow, this is riveting podcast material, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen and others? I feel like I'm just going to like, you know, we could edit this all out, but I'm just going to leave it on while we finish our cereal. Enjoy. I wish we had smell-o-vision so you could smell these cereals. Smell-o-vision? They can't see us either. I know, it was a terrible analogy. Well, at any rate, we hope you enjoy your Halloween. <laughs> You've really been doing those uh, laughs a lot. And hey, if you got a chance, go back. We have some uh, Halloween episodes of our other show, the Backstage Show, which were some of my favorites. I don't know about you. Those are... Pretty fun to do. Yeah. So we will spare you listening to us finish these bowls of cereal, and we will uh, catch you next month for, I don't know, our Thanksgiving special or who the hell knows what we're doing. We had the plan to be so far ahead, and we've already caught up. So So enjoy your breakfast. Yes. And uh, we'll uh, see you next month. Bye. I'm going to still record. I'm going to finish my cereal. Hmm. Kind of mishmash. It's like 
I don't know. I feel like they kind of compete a little bit with one another. Yeah. I was hoping for kind of like a like a Valentine's Day chocolate flavor, like a chocolate covered blueberry. Because <laughs> those are popular. Well, yeah. I guess you should combine Count Chocula with either of the others. Chocolate cherry, chocolate strawberry, sure, but chocolate blueberry nuts. Well, it's not blueberry, it's just berry. But they implied it was intended to evoke blueberry. Yeah, they did, but so why don't they call it artificially flavored blueberry? They just call it artificially berry flavored. They don't call it blueberry. There's even pictures of blueberries on the freaking box. Mm-hmm. Wow, God, at this rate, I don't need to, need to eat dinner. Any thoughts on dinner? No, I just had a bunch of cereal. I'm good. Easy there, Seinfeld. Looks better with the googly eyes. I agree. Not a big fan of calls. No. All right, I guess that's a wrap.